Welcome to the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, your go-to resource for navigating the world of entrepreneurship. In today's episode, we delve into the increasingly vital topic of outsourcing in the entrepreneurial world. Outsourcing at its core is the practice of delegating certain business functions or tasks to external specialists or agencies rather than handling them in-house. In today's fast-paced business environment, it has emerged as a strategic tool for startups and established businesses alike. The Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast is your ultimate launchpad for igniting ideas and skyrocketing your entrepreneurial dreams. Tune in, buckle up, and let's unleash the entrepreneurial spirit within. Your two hosts will be Professor Gary Palin and serial entrepreneur Ryan Budden. Hello, Professor Palin. How are you? I'm on the road to awesome. There we go. Hopefully this podcast gets you there. So we've got together to discuss outsourcing. For those people listening, everyone should be familiar with what outsourcing is, but it's essentially hiring someone else to do the work. Outsourcing is very important when you're doing a startup, especially if you're bootstrapping because you have minimal resources and it can be a way that you can't afford internal support and you can outsource some very talented people to help move your project forward. That's exactly right. You hit the nail on the head with what you said, where you're bringing in other resources that are better at completing that task than you are yourself. And you can't afford to hire the person full-time. So you are looking in very often short-term runs for some really talented expertise. And outsourcing can be for various periods of time. It can be extremely task-orientated, so a specific task that is being assigned and then completed and that kind of contract is done. It can be for medium-term stuff, think development. And outsourcing can even be long-term, think staffing agencies. So that's what I was thinking. Operational outsourcing tends to be a continuum, human resources, accounting, et cetera. When most people hear outsourcing, their mind goes to development, outsourcing of development hours. At least that's where my mind goes. Did your mind go there? That's what I immediately think of. But I know that outsourcing is done in many areas as project-based outsourcing. Like graphic design can be outsourced. Marketing campaigns can be outsourced. Many people outsource web development don't realize that they're outsourcing. That's the really important piece that I wanted to highlight during this. Activities of all types can be outsourced. People can get really creative and expand the footprint they're able to create through outsourcing things that aren't traditionally outsourced. And you named a couple just then. And you can outsource from all different areas. And again, my mind typically thinks of outsourcing as offshore outsourcing. This is really not the truth. You can outsource to a company within your hometown. And that gets us to the next topic, which is the three different areas you can outsource to. So there's near shore, onshore, or offshore outsourcing. Onshore would be right near you, typically refers to inside the United States, but think local, bringing someone in to help you with a single task. Near shore are the, the countries close to us, think Canada and Mexico, and then offshore, think literally overshores. And each one of them has their positives and negatives, depending on what you're outsourcing to, price being a very big part of that. Analyzing the cost implications is a really big aspect of making a decision on what to outsource and which outsourced. You have to also factor in language barriers, time differences, and different ways of performing similar activities. The quality of good may be really high, but it may be done in a different way that makes it incompatible. 
when you're doing offshore, the language can get in the way, the culture can get in the way, and that time zone difference can be problematic. Depending on where you're outsourcing to, it can be very problematic. Now, how do you go about deciding what to outsource? The cost-benefit matrix, if I outsource this and it costs me $30 an hour, say, can I take that hour back and make more than $30 in that hour? And if that answer is yes, it's a good activity to outsource. I agree 100% with that. The cost implication is a major factor with outsourcing. I also like to analyze what my company's core competencies are, what my business goals are, and to see if I have the competencies internal to address that. And if I don't, then it's a natural I have to outsource. As I've grown in business, I outsource different activities. And a lot of that is because I've met companies that are outsourced companies that are very, very good at what they offer. And they're able to do it at a price point that I could simply never duplicate myself or hire somebody to do. Time ramifications and resources you allocate towards that are major factors. For example, some of the coding that we're doing with the Janus assessment, you have the ability to write the code, but how long will it take you to do that versus using someone outsourced that can do that in say 10% of the time? 10% of the time, sometimes even better if we're talking about me doing the coding these days. <laughs> Especially when you're trying to do it on a plane when you're traveling someplace. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> that's an inside story that we won't get into. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I always like to look at, we've touched on some of the benefits of outsourcing, but one that we haven't touched at is the scalability of the company can be impacted dramatically by utilizing outsourcing. It can do that because typically with outsourcing, you don't have to manage that project as it goes. So you can have a really, really lean organization where that single layer is just outsourcing problems and those problems are being sold and returned with solutions. Also a benefit is you can address a risk mitigation issue and lower your risk by having an outsourced task or service. Now, how do you find the right outsourcing partners? That's an interesting one. Yeah. And a difficult question to answer, to be totally honest. A lot of it comes down to trial and error. A big part of my daily job is outsourcing development, working with various teams, whether nearshore, onshore, or offshore. That happens through trial and error. I can't tell you the number of firms that I've reached out to, tested small projects with, gone through their policies, their procedures, how they get things done before selecting the firms that I regularly refer to and use in my daily consulting. So do you give them a small task and see how they perform that before you get into anything major? Yes. If you have a small task, that's a great way of doing it. If you don't have a small task that you can assign, looking at previous work is a good way of doing it. What other things have they done for other people that you can verify and look at the results? That was on my mind too, is the importance of referrals for people you trust and the importance of due diligence. Due diligence is huge. And any good outsourcing company is willing to go through that due diligence process. I wouldn't be afraid of taking up too much of somebody's time and then skipping some of those hurdles. Not necessarily someone that you know, but if I'm outsourcing to a company or an individual, I would like a list of references references that they actually feel comfortable with you reaching out to, not just a, hey, we did a project for 3M, a big company. 
but someone you can actually speak to about the quality of work. Also, I'd like to know what is their perspective on security and confidentiality? Yeah, that's a major concern, especially if they're handling any sort of data or any sort of live product in this case. I'm talking specifically about coding engineering. And I'd like to look at what are their terms and understanding what the true costs are, making sure there's no hidden costs. Ryan, before we continue with today's topic, we're diving into the Janus Entrepreneurial Report. What makes this assessment so unique? Well, Professor Palin, the Janus Entrepreneurial Report is a game changer. It's not just another test. It's a comprehensive tool that evaluates your entrepreneurial leanings. It's like having a personal coach for your career. That's fascinating. How can someone benefit from using the Janus Entrepreneurial Report? It's a great question. The Janus Entrepreneurial Report helps individuals identify their tendencies in terms of entrepreneurship. It's not about getting a high score. It's about gaining valuable insights to enhance your entrepreneurial skills. So it's not just for seasoned entrepreneurs? Exactly. Whether you're starting your own business or aiming for a leadership role in your career, the Janus Entrepreneurial Report offers actionable insights for your personal and professional growth. Impressive. How can our listeners get started with the Janus Entrepreneurial Report? It's easy, Professor Balin. Just visit profspirit.com and take the assessment. It's a small investment and a potentially massive return. Well, there you have it. The Janus Entrepreneurial Report is a valuable tool for anyone looking to boost their entrepreneurial skills. It's a game changer, and I encourage everyone to go check it out. There's a link to access the Janus Entrepreneurial Report in this episode's description as well. A big one now that you hear quite a lot about in the news are the ethical concerns as well. Just because you're getting a project outsourced and it's getting completed, do you know how it's getting completed? Do you agree with the practices that are being used to get that project completed? And how can that reflect on your company and your company's values? Those are some key issues. And we're seeing the problems that can explode right in your face if you don't address those clearly up front. And oftentimes, ignorance is bliss. People take that approach to outsourcing. We're finding that that's not really an excuse. You have to take it upon yourself to understand the practices that the outsourced company or individual are using to complete that task. Now, once you have identified someone to outsource work with, how do you manage that relationship? Very actively. I would say a lot of times you see those relationships get strained over time because people treat outsourced relationships as a quick fix. I send the problem that way, they send the solution this way. That leads to strained relationships and a lack of communication. So actively managing it, making sure that you're having the conversations necessary, you're having touch points that aren't strictly deliverables. And those clear expectations right from the onset is key to follow up with those deliverables. Yeah. A big one that I really make sure I do before any sort of long-term relationship is making sure that that outsourced individual understands the long-term goals of what we're trying to accomplish. Because again, people tend to treat outsourced work like a quick fix. So making sure they do have the long-term goals of the project in mind, because again, if you're outsourcing, most likely they can do what you're asking them to do better than you can. So get their insight on it. If they can do it better than you, they might have a different solution or they might be able to propose something that can increase the value of the project. 
Now, I know you're a big fan of KPIs, key performance indicators and metrics. What type of KPIs and metrics do you use when you run sourcing? Turnaround time is a really big one. Deliverable expectations. So actually looking at if we set out 10 goals or 10 critical paths, how many of those paths were met at the end of the project? Turnaround time being from the time that a project is outsourced or explained, how long does it take to get the product back? And measuring that again and again and again. So you can look at trends. Is it increasing? Is the expertise increasing over time? It's causing a quick turnaround or is it slowing down or is it getting stale? Now, another area that I learned this lesson many, many years ago, you've heard the expression, don't put all your eggs in one basket, plan for contingencies, have a plan B so that if that outsource individual, for whatever reason, doesn't work out or something happens to them or they become too busy and they can't work with you, you want to not just say, okay, I have to start all over again. You want a contingency plan. Yeah. Having a backup is key. And sometimes it's very difficult. It's not as always as easy as just knowing, hey, if this firm doesn't work out, this individual doesn't work out, here's the next person I'll go to, but actually looping them in on what's going on so that there's a seamless transition. You're not just getting a workload dumped on you and then immediately dumping it on the next person that really has no idea what's going on. What are the challenges and risks that you face on a day-to-day -day basis with outsourcing? Ultimately, that person isn't an internal employee, partner, teammate. There's an inherent disconnect between maybe the attention that's being put into it. The way you can combat that is making sure the incentivization is there. So whether that's financial, whether it's social, whatever the incentivization for that person to care as much as an internal teammate can be hyper important. So what I'm hearing is you have to diligently manage quality control. Absolutely. Every time. How about the loss of control? That's really hard for some people. If it's the first time I'm working with, a, again, an outsourced individual or a firm, that can be super difficult. That first project, that first run through that you're doing, the anxiety that can take place before you see the first iteration of work can be really stressful. And that's typically because of lack of control, as you just said learning to get through that and learning to trust so that you can form these quality relationships can be a really difficult thing. Could you break up the process of the individual doing a project for you into small steps or the other extreme is do you point them at the goal and say, go? That's an important conversation to have what their expectations are, because some people hate that micromanaging, the 10 steps they need to accomplish to get through this. And some people absolutely need it. When we talked initially about some of the downfalls, culture was one of them. So understanding the culture that you're participating in can often help with how much they need to be micromanaged, how much in their culture is that a prevalent thing in the workforce or not a prevalent thing in the workforce. Also, you mentioned the ethical considerations, which is critical, but the legal considerations are very important especially when you're offshoring, because you can't assume that the legal issues that you're dealing with in your home country are the same with the offshoring to the countries that you're working with in an outsourced manner. Yeah, especially if you're in one of the compliant fields, that can become a difficult thing to manage. Are there any other areas in outsourcing that you think are important for our listening audience? Get creative. If you don't have the bandwidth or the expertise, there's probably somebody that does that can do it hyper effectively for you. Definitely. 
I'm going to use one of your lines. Take it seriously. There we go. Take it seriously. Let's get entrepreneurial. Let's get entrepreneurial. As we wrap up another episode of the Let's Get Entrepreneurial podcast, we extend our gratitude for your presence and attention. Your dedication to the entrepreneurial spirit fuels our passion for creating this podcast. Check out profspirit.com to discover resources and courses designed specifically for innovators like you. Stay on the cutting edge by following us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, YouTube, and other platforms as it is released. Until then, keep the entrepreneurial flame burning.